people that can help lead us in worship. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm going to do a disclaimer here in a minute. I shouldn't always do a disclaimer because I get in trouble, but I just don't. I'm, I'm going to follow Larry's. I don't care anymore. <laughs> that's the thing. We're going to get t-shirts. I, um, if I get passionate today and during this series, it's because I'm not upset with anyone that as an under-shepherd, I am seeing the devil lie to people all the time. And most of the time, it's people in churches. And he's lying to them about the things they believe. And where it starts, Ken Ham, um, that uh, does uh, answers in Genesis and also still wants to take a trip to the ark, not the original one. We have to go somewhere else, and supposedly it's there, but... Um, the creation museum and stuff he really talks about in his answers to Genesis what we're talking about today on how we treat God's word and where we place God's word and so my disclaimer is this I'm not mad at anyone but I am upset at the devil and that he's a liar and guys I hope through this series and, and this series will take us probably through June but it's different topics on what we believe and we'll probably talk about maybe on Wednesday nights too to go more in depth, but why are we starting today? We're talking about the word. Kids will have some paper and stuff for you like next week, but today I want you to show me afterwards. I think there might still be some bubble gum in my office that's probably at least 30 years old, but he got young teeth and they're probably not the permanent ones. But oh um, that's my fault. We took the Christmas stuff down, Casey, so <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't look like anything's broken, but I'll get out of here quick. All right, so anyway, today I want you to take, and we need to get, we're going to get some new few Bibles that are the same version and bigger to read. You kids could probably read this, but I want you to find, show me afterwards, the scripture we're going to talk about today in your Bible. Your parents can help you with that, and I want you to show me a Bible. And if you think the pastor doesn't uh, carry a Bible, uh, I usually do, but because for a lot of reasons, I have my Bible on my iPad because it helps me to write and do those kind of things. So I am going off the iPad. Today we're going to be talking about God's Word. And we're starting with what we believe. Because if we get that wrong, guess what? We're going to get everything else wrong. And what I'm seeing in American Christianity, the problem is is we don't want to take the whole Word of God for what it is. And I hope as we go through these things and what we believe, you decide right now, either I'm going to believe this, and it's valued to believe it, because people have died for me to hold this in my hand. And if you're not going to believe it, I'm not to say to say it, let's go home. This is the problem. I'm going to pick on American Christianity because we're the fourth, fifth, and fourth largest lost nation in the world. And it's because the men of God do not preach the word of God completely. Amen. And I'm no better than anyone else, but I will answer. Again, I'm not mad at anybody. I will answer if I do not present this word clearly. And people are going to hell because people have taken sections out of this word, misinterpreted it, and patted somebody's back on their way to hell. 
if we do not need to get right with God, and we don't, that's not even the sermon, so that's how fired up I am. <laughs> this is dangerous, people. And so you need to say to yourself, am I going to believe this? And so maybe you need to recommit. We need to recommit every day. And for some reason, New Year's, we try to recommit. My recommitment, which needs to be every day, is James 4, 17. Therefore, the one who knows the right thing to do, do it. Guess what? I know the right things, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I've done that before. I'm over it. No. You need to do the right thing. So, yeah, I'm passionate about this because people are dying to go to hell because either they're ignoring this and saying it's a great book and it's got some good things to live by, or they're saying, yes, I follow the Bible, but I'm not, I'm going to rip this, I'm not going to rip this out. I'm, I'm going to rip this section out. I'm going to ignore this section. So, let me help you with this. A lot of you like history. We'll probably talk about this maybe on Wednesday nights. I know there's another series we're doing, but hey, we're past that. <laughs> we'll see. But we need to, I need to help you understand what you believe and why we believe it because you're being attacked every day to give in to stuff. And so we need to understand what we believe. And I want you, I want you to understand about your Bible. Okay, Homer's Iliad. Okay, some of you have read that. And again, uh, Homer's Odyssey, Brother Where Art Thou, if you're educated, uh, Brother Where Art Thou is based on Homer's Odyssey. That's why it's hilarious. And if you're a deep thinker, you would get that. The rest of you, you just, uh, you know, that's just your problem, okay? But, but Homer's Odyssey is a, a, and Homer's Iliad, Homer, you know, was a writer way back then. I think there's 1,500 original copies of that book. Go to your New Testament. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, looking at verses 16 and 17. The New Testament books that you have, the Gospels, the epistles, which are letters that were written to the church, all those, there are over 5,000 original copies of this book that you're holding. And now let's look at the men and women that Tyndale... If I'm going to make it my history wrong, and you guys can Google it, I know you will, but he died because he wanted to see the Word of God in the common man's hands. And the Word of God was written in Latin and was chained literally to the pulpit. And the reason we have stained glass windows, not here, but the reason there were stained glass windows is people couldn't read and it would tell the Bible stories. And those people that wanted to get the Word of God, this is why the Voice of the Martyrs and and open doors, and, and uh, the, the Wycliffe Society are important places because they get the word of God. And, and it says in the word that when all have heard, then Jesus is coming. And we're getting really close to that, that people are getting the word of God in their heart language. This is why the Gideons are important, because, uh, and why we support that, because they're placing the word of God. This is a very powerful thing that I'm holding in my hand that you have maybe on your electronic instrument or whatever. It is power in this. And this is why the devil doesn't want you to believe the whole word of God, to even look at the whole word of God. So it's reliable. Some of you, as a few years back, that was when I was uh, ministering in Oklahoma, so it was about 98, between 98 and 2006, but the Da Vinci Church. And then it was a movie, and it was a book, and, and uh, 
will confuse the kids later, but a lot of it just was really some damning kind of stuff about that that about Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and they were basing it was a fictional book, but it was basing it off the epistles of Judas. Guess what? The epistle of Judas is not in your Bible, okay? And we'll get into that in a minute. But let's go to this. So they were saying, well, these are these are letters from the ancient church, so it must be true about Christ. Those letters, I'm gonna give you an example. Those letters from the epistle of Judas were written 300 years after the time of Christ when he was here on the earth. So we're not even at 300 years. That would be like me writing about the Civil War as if I'd been there. Me writing about the Revolutionary War, which our country is like 235 years old, around there, as a first person that had been there. That's not valid. And then the fact, let's go back to 5,000 original copies. That's pretty solid. That takes error out of this. I want you to understand the men and women that have died when God's Word... I, uh, for some reason, when we lived in Tulsa, there was the Bible Museum. It's not there anymore. And I think there's a Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. I haven't got to go to that. But I remember seeing the scrolls and the scroll of Esther. I think it, like when you... And I can't do it because I'm not... You know, I'm not coordinated enough, but a scroll, you've got to roll one this way and this way as you read it, you know, that kind of deal. And Hebrews backwards, so I'm really messed up, okay? And, but that scroll of Esther was like, when it's rolled out, it's like nine feet long. But then I saw the fact that some of those scrolls, men and women had given their lives and they were smuggled out of places where God's word was not allowed. And then I mentioned this before in China, where the church is growing, the people of God are growing more than America. And you say, well, they're oppressed, but the church is the people of God following God. And I saw this little nothing notebook that a lot of us would just throw away, and it had the, one of the Gospels written in it. And a Chinese family would keep that at their home for three days to write down as much as they could. And then pass it on so others can have the word of God. Why am I spending so much time on this? Because we take this lightly. This is God's love letter to us. Right. And so therefore, we don't need to be afraid of it in the sense of I can't look at it. But more than not, it sits on a shelf. It's not the thing we start with. It's not the thing that we live by. And then we take huge sections out of it and change it, and say that it's cultural. I haven't gotten to the sermon, okay? And I've been gone, so you know this is going to be a five-hour sermon, okay? All right, but here's the deal. You know, I, this is something that is destroying us, is not valuing the Word of God, that men and women have died for us to have it. And so we struggle to know, we struggle to obey it, we struggle to believe it, and we can choose not to believe the Word of God or believe part of the Word of God. And there may be a few minute sections that we don't understand. And the way I've worked on this, if I'm not sure about it, I'm not moving. I'm going with what I know about the Word of God. The Word of God is not cultural. We can use an example. Yeah, Paul was talking about women having their head covered, but you can take the concept of the fact of, uh, of the fact, let's just show him reference. Okay? Um, of, of not being flashy, of being modest, those kind of things. But then there's things where he talks about marriage and he talks about those things and they are not cultural in his word of story. Your action step is believe the word. 
And your points are going to spell out, guess what? Word. Okay, word to the Father, whatever. Okay, <laughs> the godly mark of a believer is he lives the word. I want you to think about that. We need to live the word. A lot of you know the word. A lot of us ignore the word. But we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I, I didn't pick that verse for me this year because I'm doing this sermon. James 4, 17, I learned it a long time ago. Therefore, the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him is sin. And I know the right thing. It's just a lot of time it's like, yeah, I'm over that. It's like, not really. Do the right thing. Live the word. And so, here's something for you. We believe the whole, word, the whole Bible is inspired by God, which includes every word of Scripture. We believe that the whole Bible is infallible and without error in original manuscripts. We believe in the absolute authority of the Bible as our final rule on all matters of faith and life. Now, we can go through that a little bit more in depth, and, this, and, and we'll get copies of this, the Baptist faith, the message. And it's not because I'm trying to, sh to push, the. I'm not ashamed that I'm a Baptist, and, but I'm saying it's just a summary of what the Bible says we believe. And it's kind of good for, we'll get some copies of that. It's good for you to have it. So you know, because you need to ask the question, do I believe this, or I've been faking it, or ignoring it? And so this is the statement from there of what we believe. And so we go to this section of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and Timothy has learned the Scripture, and he's learned it by his, and we believe in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that faith begins at home. Our job is to empower families and come alongside families that they can teach faith at home. And so, uh, flipping uh, Psalms 19.11, it, it talks about us training up a child the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart. That's what our Proverbs talks about that. And so, we need to continue the Word, and we need to be in the Word, and we need to live in the Word. We need to abide in the Word. We need to walk in the Word. And so, in verse 14, of, and you don't have that up there, but it, at the beginning... He says, to, he says to Timothy, this is Paul writing to Timothy, and obviously it's 2 Timothy, okay? Spoiler alert, okay? Um, Continue to abide, to live in the living word, Christ, and in the written word, the Bible. You can go to the first part of John and see the word, and it talks about the word, and it's talking about Christ. And Christ is the living word. He fulfilled all those things. But we have the written word. Guys, I want you to understand this word called canon, and we're not talking about a uh, artillery piece. It's the fact the reason we have the books in our Bible is because men and women, first of all, those books were inspired by God. The Holy Spirit came upon them and it wasn't the fact that they dictated, sometimes they would dictate it exactly. But why do we have four Gospels talking a lot about the same thing? But yet it's four different personalities and I'm not trying to press anything, but we all, some of you are Mark, it's just matter of fact. Bam! Bull in a china uh, closet. Some of you are Luke, the doctor. Let me tell you all the details. You know, that kind of thing. Some of you are passionate, more emotional, you know. Your pastor, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, and that's John, you know. Do you see what I'm saying here? And then Matthew, you know. God telling the story with those different personalities and pressing the word clearly upon them. Inspired. And so, I want us to understand that. So, we're now here in 2 Timothy. Paul is talking to Timothy, a young pastor, and he's saying, hey, you've been taught the word. This is why we don't mind kids in church, and, and we're trying to help them out. It doesn't bother me. And it's like, 
because what we're missing is, is church is generational. It's not because I can keep everybody's attention. The kids are listening and they learn and they're part of our body of Christ. And that was Timothy. He was sitting there with his mother and his grandmother as they were learning the word. And they were teaching it to him. And he said, and Paul's son, continue to abide to live in the living word of Christ and the written word. Continue in Christ." Centered word is what we're talking about here. So that brings us to, you know, verse 15, it's, and, and it said this, And you know that from infancy you have, you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, start when they're babies. Yeah, and you weren't going to hear about it, but I spent about a week with my grandkids. And yeah, and our little granddaughter, she's still, she's still the princess because... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have another grandchild. And it's gonna be a local. So, hey, um, and our son Justice and our daughter-in-law Annie are gonna have one in May, and it's gonna be a boy. So our little princess is still our little princess. We got one girl and gonna have two grandsons. But you know what? That little girl, she knows sign language and she understands stuff. And I want you to understand this: it's never too early. Notice what he says here in infancy. This is why Sunday school. This is why the nursery. All these things, having the word and those things. And you knew from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures. This is why it's good for kids to be in church and be a part of this because they're soaking it up. And as James Dobson would say, you know, you need to indoctrinate. I didn't say brainwash. Train up a child in the way they go. When they're old, they're not depart. We need to bend them towards God. That's what that word train means. But we need to see here that from infancy, Timothy was growing up in the word. Pointing him towards God so that when your kids face this stuff, they know the direction to go, which is able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. What we're seeing in parenting, well, I'm not going to go there and let them figure out their own thing. If you're letting them be a sponge and all this, I can't say in church, junk is going into their lives. You guys, I'm telling you right now, we talked about it. You need to have a biblical worldview. And what that means is I look at everything through uh, based on the scripture we're going to look at, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. I look at everything that is going on in life through the lens of this word. Amen. Well, that doesn't talk about this, doesn't talk about that. It talks about the principle. And, and yeah, sin has changed on how people have amped it up, but the baseline is still the same. And so we need to understand that, that you need to decide, I'm going to have a biblical worldview. And you need to start saying this, anything that you encounter, what does God's word say? If you get nothing out today, you need to commit, what does God's word say? As a church, as a, the, the last church I was in, that's how we helped to get better. Because everybody was doing their own thing. And when we do our own thing, just like in Judges, we get into sin. And it really messes up God's church. We start with, we're going to the Word, and whatever the Word says, that you can argue with God. And so you need to decide, not just because we're at the beginning of the year, everybody loves that, and then I, I made a mistake one year when, at, at a church to hand out donuts in January. It didn't go over that well. Okay, so everybody's making their commitments. I'm not against it, but we need to recommit every day. But if this helps you, you need to make the commitment, okay, I'm going to have a biblical worldview. I'm going to look at the, everything that's going on, not through the news. I'm not going to whatever it in first. I am going to God's Word, and then, yes, I can be informed, but I know what God's Word says about this. 
that these things are going to happen and they're going to increase when God's coming back. And so you need to make that commitment that I'm going to focus on the Word of God. And so from infancy, we see here that Mary and Joseph, why did Mary make the choice that she made? Why did Joseph, after he saw the angel, I think if an angel visited me, I'd probably do what God wanted me to do. There were still hard things. But they had known from the Old Testament that the Messiah was coming. The Word. And then the New Testament, we see Simeon and Anna that waited in the temple and they had read the word of God and they saw the word, the living word, Jesus Christ fulfilled. This is why we need to be in the word. So let's look at the focal passage. You need to have this one marked. You need to camp on this and say, this is where I'm at about God's word. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You go home and you wrestle with that. If you think you can get away with God's word, needs to not be the basis of my life. Because if you choose that his word is not the basis of your life, I'm not trying to say a person is a Christian or not. It's just going to crumble. You can't pick and choose in the buffet of life of God's word. You get what's on the plate. So let's look at this. The first thing, all scripture, inspired by God. This is why God created us. He all gave us different personalities. we got so many different personalities and likes and dislikes and stuff like this. Yeah, you saw the picture of me ice fishing. I wasn't that excited about it. My son had it set up. I've done it. Great job. I was in the truck warming up when my son caught two fish. Am I bitter? Maybe. I don't know. But, but you... you you know the fact that I had a point there to go with this, not just talk about ice fishing, okay? But, but, but all scripture is inspired by God. Fishing, different personalities. I was watching those ice fishermen. There's a lot of money in that. And those guys go like four or five days a week, and I'm like, I'm freezing out here, okay? <laughs> but that's their personality. If they want to be crazy and do that, do it. Okay, if you want to do this or that, we're all different. This is why this is cool. We have all these different personalities. We have all these different likes and dislikes. But why are we all here? Because we got the same thing, Jesus. And his word. And we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Uniquely different people. All scripture. And so God inspired different people in the Bible with different personalities, different things. Get his word and his message out there. All scripture inspired by God. All the Bible, every word, all inspired by God. Now, what we get so many times is this. Well, this trans... Yeah, there may be some errors in translation, and we need to be really careful. You, I know some of you, the pastor switched the Bible. You know why I switched the Bible? Because it needed to be readable. But the Bible that we switched to, the one I was using was accurate. Great Bible, still love it. But I'm, I'm really careful because you need the accurate word of God. Some of you have great Bibles. And I want you to understand this as you go through this. I want you to go to Mardell's or whatever or Google Bible translations or different versions of the Bible and you will have a spectrum of those that are to the original language and those that are just a man's thought. I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care. I love the message. If you're using the message to guide your life, I wouldn't because a man just wrote it from his opinion. Okay? And yes, it's good. And there's some things. I've learned some verses from the message. But that's on this scale here. 
And if we want to go way over here to the New American Standard Bible on accuracy, we could. The one we're using is the CSB. It's a Baptist Bible, and I have to use it. No! It's accurate. It's readable. And that's what I'm looking at. But what I want us to understand so many times, well, the Bible has errors. No, we need to look at translations where people have changed words or there may have been a mistake. I remember at the Bible Museum, there was this little Bible there where it was a misprint and it said, thou shalt commit adultery. You know, you'd want to pull that one back pretty quick. <laughs> you know, um, that, that's an error. But as far as the Bible, if you have a solid translation, there are no errors. Sure. There may be some translation errors. That's why you need to look at what you have. And it's great to have certain versions that read. But it's also, if you look at four versions, and you can do that easily on your electronics and stuff like that, you can get the meaning of the Bible. We're in a time that we have too many tools that we can... I, I mean, some of you have, have, have bit the bullet and, and bought the Bible that you can put on the Word that will show you what it means in the original language. We have no excuses to know what God's word accurately says. But I get this all the time. Well, the Bible's full of errors. No, it's not. Not at all. It's not, and it's not because I'm just saying that. There may be some translations or there may be some things that have happened that have caused error by man, but those original manuscripts, and you have men and women that have painstakingly in the front of your physical Bible, you could look, and you're going to see a sheet that talks about a committee that went through this, depending on what Bible you have. So I want you to understand that's a lie from the pit of hell in that sense. All inspired by God, infallible, incapable of error. Again, we're talking about God, not man, and this is God's work. Without, without error and the original languages, all authority rules all things in faith and life. We believe in all of this because all of it is inspired by God. And God's word, God's word is God-breathed. Okay? This is, you say, well, this man wrote it because God spoke to him. Uh, Baptists get a little bit scared of the Holy Spirit. But if you're saved, you've been filled and sealed with the Holy Spirit, and you've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit won't go against God's word. And what I want you to understand, a lot of times I may say God spoke to me, but I need to say more God impressed upon me. But so many times, this is why you need to be in God's word, so you know when God's speaking to you. Not just from the preaching, not just from the reading, but you learn and memorize God's word so when you're walking in life and you're faced with a situation, he brings it back to you and that's the Holy Spirit through God's word speaking to you. And so we need to understand that, that we, that's what happened to these men, that all the word is God breathed and that's what the Holy Spirit means is breath. So if you're a Christian, you've received the Holy Spirit, you're in His Word, and the Holy Spirit brings the Word back to remembrance of you. This is why you're studying here today. This is why you're in Sunday school. This is why you need to read on your own and memorize Scripture, because it is life. This is the problem. I'll read my Word to feel better. I'll learn it when I'm in trouble, and then I'll put it aside. Guys, there are some of you that you do not leave without certain things that you always carry, that you always have. And then when we were traveling, because we're rubes from Missouri, not used to snow and stuff, but I, you know, uh, out there in Wyoming, you keep stuff in there in case you get stalled or whatever. Well, I keep stuff in my car. But so many times, we do not treat God's Word as our survival kit. It's 
God breathed. And we need to do that. Oh, what's he going to get to the first point? We're at 1230 by now. The Methodists are going to beat us. Whatever. Believing the word means this. Believing, the first point, the whole Bible is inspired by God. Some of you will stop there. Then you need to ask the question, do I really believe God? We can talk about this more on Wednesday night, and you can ask questions, and again, this is kind of flying over it, but the whole Bible is inspired by God. It is written by God. The word is inerrant. There's no error, all or nothing. Okay, because here's what's happening. We'll be reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit impresses on us that maybe we could be wrong and we need to change something. And we're like, well, I just think that's cultural or I just think that's the way the guy translated. There's no way it could be true. And we write it off. I'm calling us all out. This is either all true or it's not, because if this is not all true, I need to go do something else. Because it isn't easy holding to this. Especially in the times we live in, we see churches and pastors and individuals ripping whole sections of scripture out to go along with the culture. And those do not, it's not about denominations, but those denominations that have chosen to, to, chosen to do that and to be seeker sensitive and to go along, notice how they're declining. And notice how, how the fact that they're fading and you can't tell the difference between Christ and anybody else. It's an errand. It's inspired by God, and there's no errors. Your next one, believing the word means believing the word is original. It's infallible. It's without error. Again, automatically in your mind, you're saying, well, there's errors in that. Guys, we're not talking about translation. We're not talking about thought. Because you're trying to take the way the Hebrews thought or the way the Greek thought and they're trying to translate to the English language, which is the worst language because we murder everything and change every word. And all, I just learned about the T and that's an old word and I'm trying to spill the T today, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, out of the middle of nowhere. I would hate to be an immigrant trying to learn the English language. But... We need to understand the original word of God, 5,000 copies of just our New Testament books. First century eyewitnesses, it's solid, without error. Because if all of it's true, and it all is without error, we have a lot to learn from it. Go to verse 16 again. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching. Oh, he spent a lot of work, time telling us that God's word is inspired and breathed and without error. Because here's the point. Oh, I believe God's word, but I'm not going to let it teach me and apply it to my life. Because that would be too hard. That, I might have to change something. And I'm X age, and I don't have to do anything. Well, you know what? That's still sin no matter what age you are. That's called rebellion. And I have to deal with it in my own heart, too. So many times. Is profitable, that means it's to our advantage for teaching of doctrine. And that doctrine is, 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 is the, the, the teaching of the truth consistent with Scripture. This is, okay, the teaching consistent with Scripture. Our church does certain things and has certain doctrines based on God's Word. And we operate this way because God's Word says that. That is, doctrine is kind of the action of us learning God's word. It's putting it into practice. And so it's the teaching of the truth that is consistent with scripture. 
That's why it's important who our Sunday school teachers are. That's why it's important uh, who our pastors are. That's why it's important that, and you guys bless me in so way, so many ways, but, you know, you just at, at, out of 30-some years of being in ministry, a lot of people try to get a lot of things by, and that's not about me being the boss hog. I, elders are pastors and deacons and, and teachers where the fact, hey, I want to teach this, or I want to do this. Well, let's look at it and see. What are we going back to? What does God's word say? Does it hold to God's word? Because this is why we're in the trouble we're in today at the American church. It's because we're not holding to God and we're not holding to God's word. So, what is the basic truth that does God want me to know? You go on to this. So it's teaching for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It teaches us to live a holy life and to continue the word is not enough. It is sufficient. We don't just believe it. We have to live it. Reproof. So the word is also to correct us. Ideally, what's best is you read. The, this is why we talk about reading God's word every day. So that God can work on you and you're used to listening to God. So a lot of us, it's like we don't want to see the principal and, that, and God's not the principal. Or we don't want to see the boss because every time we see the boss, we're going to in trouble. How about like next week we're talking about God the Father. And he's a good, good father as the song says. And as his word says. And so the Bible's clear that some of us have had good parents and some of us haven't, but those good parents corrected us. That's what God's word, that shows that we're his children. So it's good for correction, for helping people straighten out our errors and to, continue, and to convict us of misbehavior and false doctrine. What error, we may have errors in judgment and understanding or behavior, and we need to correct that with scripture. And it's not just asking the pastor, which I'm blessed when you come to me. It's like, hey, what does God say about this? But we need to, in every area of life, ask the question, what does God's word say? And then obey it. Correction. That, so rebuke is, I need to correct you, but then correction more is restoration. In other words, now I know what the right thing to do is. Now I need to correct that. I need to turn and repent and stop going this way and go God's way. And instruction in righteousness. And this is what we had this morning. This is what you're having right now. This is what you have on your own. Instructing on how to do the right things. Not to be perfect. Not to save yourself. Not to stay saved. But what's the right way to go? So many times we want to know the right way to go. But when it comes to God, uh, that's too hard. Uh, somebody may not like me. We need to continue learning the word. We need to continue trusting the word. We need to continue believing the word. The word teaches. The word corrects. The word reproves us and reveals where we're ignorant. And I didn't say dumb. Ignorant. I didn't know that. And when God shows something to you, and that happens to me all the time, I don't care how old you are or what training you have, the word is living and alive. That's why I love our men's Bible study. I learned so much from them. Some of it's God's word. Some of it's just worldly stuff. Those guys are nasty. I'm just teasing, okay? All right? But I learned so much, too, from that. And then the goal is to train us. Your next fill in. Believing the word means believing the word rules all areas of life. Amen. Why am I hitting this so hard? Because I have convinced our countries in the situations in is because people that call themselves Christians are not following the word. It's not being preached. It's not being valued. This 
you, you say, well, my pastor wears a, a Bible and he carries it, man. I try to physically have a copy of the Bible. I wish they'd make some of them smaller, but right now, since I had to convert versions, mine's like this big, you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I, yes, I know I have it on my phone. But I didn't do that. God convicted me to physically have the Word of God, but mentally you need to all be this. Why is it that I'll take my wallet, I'll take my phone, I'll take my pocket knife, and for those of you that go this way, my firearm or whatever. Where's the word of God in my life? Is it ruling all areas of life? I don't need the word of God at Walmart. I wouldn't do this. A lot of those people need the word of God at Walmart. Do not go on people at Walmart. You can't even see that. Okay, but, but, but is it ruling all areas of your life? Is the word of God ruling the area of your life when you're on the phone with customer service and they're never going to know you and they're not going to know that you're a pastor? Not that that's happened to me. Okay, but you see what I'm saying? All areas of life. Is the word of God going to rule when your wife and you may have a little spat or you may not be nice or you didn't ask forgiveness and you knew you should have? There are things you will not leave the house with that the word of God, and again, I'm not saying carry a physical copy. I'm talking about that. That's how I'm going to rule my life. So you need to rule all areas of your life. Go on to 17. So that the man of God, this is the reason we do this. This is the goal. So that the man of God, and man is a general term. It's talking about you ladies too. Okay, it's talking about everybody. So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Equipped means adequate, qualified, proficient. Some of you will brag on stuff, and you may not, but you're good at things. It may be shooting or, or sports or, or whatever, but that didn't just happen. Yeah, people have natural ability, but you got to work on that. And you may say, well, pastor, he knows the word because he had to go to seminary and all that kind of stuff, and he has to. Nah, I'm not going to go there. I got impressed in my life that I need to learn the word, and I need it for myself. And I tell you all the time, but all the scriptures I learned, I did not learn for a sermon. I learned because I was going through something. Amen. And I needed it. And it was something in my life. So you need to memorize the word. You need to, to read the word because every other thing you're proficient at, you didn't just say, I'm going to do it. And if you did, if you're one of those people that's naturally going to do it, we don't like you. Okay? It's a joke, all right? I know you're about ready to go to sleep. But anyway, you need to be proficient. God calls us to be equipped to accompany every good work. How do I know the good things to do? I'm saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast, but we've been designed to do good works, and when people ask, why are you doing this? You point to God, and so we need to know there's a lot of people that are doing good works, but all they're doing is patting people's back on the way to hell. I'm thankful we have a mission. I'm thankful we give out food and clothing. I'm thankful we can have conversations, but if we weren't having those conversations and just giving out food and clothing... And they didn't know what we stood for. We're not beating them over the head. We're just patting their back on the way to hell. And so we don't do good works just to do good works. We do good works so we can point to the reason why we're doing good works. Jesus Christ. And we try to do that. And the mission really does a good job on that. The purpose of the word is to equip all believers to do good. To, com to be complete. To be capable. To be proficient. Your last fill in. Believing the word means we determine to grow in knowing and obeying it. Let's look at these points here for a moment. 
So, you, on your invitation for this week, I, I, don't worry about the questions, I don't even know if I sent them, okay. But your, your point for this week, for I want you to look at, do I believe the whole Bible is inspired by God? If you don't, we need to have, you're not going to get in trouble, but you need to wrestle with that. Everybody here that has settled that, and I'm, go back to the points, you're going to skip the questions, okay? <laughs> All right. But we need to ask this question. Some of you have settled that, but why don't you do a test on yourself and ask, in this area of my life, where it's kind of been hard on marriage or family or this, it didn't tell you to treat anybody bad. We're talking about ignorance, not stupidity, ignorance of God's word and how it's clear. Do I believe that the whole word of God is inspired by God? Next, do you believe it's without error? I hope I've helped you today. We can have that conversation a little bit further. And you may say, I have thoughts and questions. Well, we're starting a conversation. And you can talk to your family. That, yes, without error. Now, this one's where pastors get in the meddling, and the Holy Spirit needs to look at you. Are you letting it rule all the areas of your life? I think there's some areas in my life I've gotten lazy, and this is why, spiritually, and this is why James 4.17, Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing and does not do it, to him is a sin. And so many times, God, I'll let you rule this area as long as it doesn't affect me financially or physically or my reputation or my family, or my job. I'm glad the men and women that brought this word of God to us did surrender to that. Is the word of God ruling all of your lives? And the last one, determined to grow in knowing and obeying. Yeah, we're at the first of the year. It's a good time. But what does your Bible study look like? I have to change it up because, yes, I study the Bible all the time, and a lot of times I study it for you, and I have to make sure... I, what I'm studying to grow me as a godly man, I, a lot of times I have to keep that separate. And I also, because I'm OCD, I can make my Bible study mechanical. Read through the Bible? Yeah, I've done it. I'm taking a break from reading through the whole Bible every year. It's not that I do every year, but it's like, oh, check that. I got it. Take anything out of it. I want to chew on the Word of God. I want to soak on the Word of God consistently. Maybe you need to commit. I'm not reading this Word regularly. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to let it rule every area of my life. This area is not happening. I'm going to trust that his word is infallible. I'm going to find the best version to read and know and to have the equipment. And I believe that the whole word. And if it is true, you have something in your pocket. You have something in your car. You have something you don't leave with every day because it is vital to you. Is the word of God the core of your life? As we stand to our feet... The scripture says some faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. You can make a commitment to God's word, but yet miss the fact that God's word says all of sin and falls short of the glory of God. His word said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you shall believe and shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the first word that you need to believe. I trust God is true, and I will believe that he can save me. Do that. And for the rest of you, that whole, that whole section of points, I think you'd be lying if one of those didn't apply to you because I feel like a lot of them apply to me. Live by the word. Lord, I pray whatever and however we need to be obedient today that we'll do that. In your name, Jesus. Amen.